0: All right. Thank you for joining our podcast, Cocktails and Bullshit, hosted by none other than Scott Heim and yours truly, Lou Rivera. This is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything. We'll see if we can have a few laughs along the way while sharing a cocktail. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Are you ready? Let's get it on. (music) All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Cocktails and Bullshit. (laughs) Did I overextend that? So sorry. Thank you guys for coming back to the uh, podcast and uh, listening in on the conversation. We really do appreciate it. And thank you so much for the comments that you've been leaving. That also helps us and keeps us going. We have a lot to talk about, as always. So, Scott, do you want to uh, kick it off?
1: Man, when you stretch out the word bullshit that long, Lou Rivera, that makes me want to just match it up with as max bullshit as I can pour on for the day. So hopefully we got a lot of great topics for the people. couple things, little update from last week. I, I committed to the group that I'd reach out to our good buddy, Mike Lindell, who of course you and I have never met before in our life. And uh, I sent him a little note, had a little uh, online chat with him, and they gave me an email number to our email address to, uh, Send some information over to and uh, I'm trying to get us uh, a smaller batch of K-Cups so we can test that coffee. I don't know the coffee is going to be as exciting as the three weeks worth of talking about it and trying to get to a cup of that damn coffee. But I got no quit in me, man. I promise the people we're going to give it a go.
0: Never give up, my dude. That's right. That's (laughs) right. It's a
1: quest now. And uh, I also wanted to follow up with the people. I, you know, I mentioned that, that last week I was in Cincinnati, and uh, my son had bought tickets for FC Cincinnati, the uh, MLS uh, soccer team down down in Cincinnati. And uh, it was both our first times there. He's a bit of a fan, and, and long story longer, I had an extra ticket, so I went. Man, I gotta tell you, it was a fantastic match. It ended up at a two-two tie. Uh, Should have won it, but the crowd and the experience and the energy in the stadium. If you're ever in Cincinnati and and you want to have some fun, man, I highly recommend an FC Cincinnati uh, soccer match. With the exception of the $12 beers that that were getting a little bit out of control there for a little while, uh, everything was pretty fantastic. The the entire end zone has no seats. It's just a rail, and, and they call it the Bailey, and all, it's, you buy a ticket for 25 bucks or whatever it costs, and it's first-come, 1st first serve. You, you get as close to the field as you, you get when you show up. And the people stand the entire match, and they beat a drum, and they play music, and they sing these songs. It's so loud and so deafening, you can't hear for the entire 90 minutes of that match. It was super fun, man. So sorry to go on and on and on about FC Cincinnati, but that was my first experience there. I've been to a lot of premier league, uh, proper football, as I said, and, and man, SC Cincinnati did the soccer world proud. It was great.
0: All right. So what are we talking about here? College games or professional games? No, no, that's, that's ML, that's major
1: league soccer. So that's, um, that's, you know, like the Chicago or the, the Columbus crew, that's actually who they played. And, uh, You know, the L.A. Galaxy where Beckham came over and played, Who you know, Chicago Fire, D.C. United. You know, it's the major league United States Soccer League. And uh, FCC was in the minor league and they got promoted a year or two ago. And now they're in the MLS, the major league
0: of soccer. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not a real big soccer fan. And I always get confused because they always say soccer. And then I guess uh, they also call it football. Right. In some places pretty much in the yep. rest of the world. <laughs>
1: Other than the U.S., they, they call it football. And, uh, yeah, because, I mean, you, you kick the ball with your feet and you can't use your hands. So football seems appropriate, but we have a little thing over here called American football. So when soccer came along, they said, you know, we'll call it soccer. We, we don't want to create any confusion.
0: Yeah, me and Gina, we were in Orlando, and her uh, cousin Mel took us to a soccer game. And the name of the uh, soccer team is Orlando City. I think that's such a stupid name. I I think they could have came up with a better name, but I'll tell you what we went and we had a great time. The, the uh, crowd was energetic. People were loud. People were drinking and everybody was uh, just enjoying themselves. We had a blast. I feel like the uh, minor leagues are great to go watch as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you, man. It's like we used to do when we lived in El Paso, we would go to the El Paso Diablos and like I think they had some free nights and, and even on, you know, the weekends, it was like $5 a ticket. And you could always, you know, spend a hundred dollars at Kroger or wherever it was in Kroger, but you know, at the grocery store, get a free ticket. I mean, they're all, there are all these ways to get a free ticket to the El Paso Diablos. And they were like the single a baseball and they were so excited. I mean, the, the, those guys can hit fastballs. A heck of a lot better than I can. It's sitting there. You're so close to the action. You're right on top of it. And, we would laugh like three days later. It'd be like Wednesday the week later and my shins would hurt. And I'd be like, damn, honey, what, my shins are aching. She's like, yeah, you you kept hitting them against the seat in front of you when you were reaching for all the free shit they were throwing out, you know, like they're throwing t-shirts they're throwing hot dogs they're throwing Frisbee. They're throwing dog, whatever's, you know, like, like you're, you're always leaning, trying to grab shit in the stands. And like three days later, I'd, my mystery bruise would show up, you know, I was drinking too many Shiner box down there and, uh, what, wasn't aware if I was beating and banging the seat in front of me with my shins trying to get all the free swag.
0: you know? <laughs> I can only imagine if there was a guy sitting in front of you what his back looks like. Well, the thing that I like about uh, minor league games is that the food and the beer and drinks, they're not that expensive, so they don't really rape you on the prices. But you go to a major league game, and man, I don't even know how people afford it. Like, if you go and take a family... It's so fucking expensive.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. We uh, we had started the afternoon at a brewery in Cincinnati that we knew the beer and and we had never been to the actual brewery and it was great. It was called Rheingeist, is a pretty well known brewery out of Cincinnati, and and you know we wanted to go there and pregame a little bit. It was a great rooftop bar and I mean beers were seven bucks at Rheingeist and you know you're gonna. That's what it's going to cost. But uh, we're, we would have been happy paying $7 once we got to the stadium and they were 12 bucks a pop, you know. And, uh, and of course, getting out and, and getting to the restrooms never easy. So I, I guess that prevents you from drinking too many of those beers once you're finally in your seat in the stands. I, I will say, you, you just reminded me of, of, you know, one of the big experiences I had. We, um, we get out at halftime to go use the restroom and, and the line for the men's room is is no less than seventy five people deep. I mean, it is, you know. I think there's eight minutes for the halftime before you know we left with eight minutes before to start back up. I'm like, holy smokes, this line's going to take an hour. There's no way, right? We're standing in this line, and you know, like I said, people are kibitz, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere. This big hoss of a guy decides to cut in front of this young couple in front of us. Right. And, and I had an beer in me that I, I looked at him and I said, yeah, brother, you're not going to just, you know, bogart this line. Right. You're not just going to cut in line, line 75 people deep. We we all got to go, man." And he looks at me and he goes, he points to the guy's girlfriend. He goes, do you think she's in the men's room line? And I'm like, I-, I think she's in line with her significant other while well, he uses the men's room. I sure do. <laughs> he, he looks right. And this guy's like 6'4, I'm 5'10. This guy's a hoss, right? He, and I can see my son like, oh, shit, that's going to get us in a fight. He looks right at me and goes, no. Well, fuck you! <laughs> Just like that, and he and parks himself out of line, man. I shade, and people clapped, man. People are like, "Way to go, dude!" I mean, I had to bounce a guy from the men's room line. It's like, I mean, do people still do that? What planet are you on? where you just blatantly cut in front of line with, with no – no I mean, if the dude had an issue or had a bad stomach, whatever, say that, okay, fine. But he just he just kind of sashayed his way in the line and thought these people wouldn't say anything to him cutting line. I, I told you I wouldn't be an old man today. Look, the old man, we're 10 minutes in, and the old man's already coming out at me.
0: <laughs> you know, every time you go to these games, right, it starts off really chill. And then as soon as everybody starts drinking – it, it starts to escalate, right? It's like when you used to go to the club, right? You go to the club, everybody's everybody's fine. As soon as you get in there, you get in there about 10 o'clock. By 11 or 12 o'clock, everybody's lit, everybody's drunk, and everybody's starting to cause problems. 100%. Have you ever heard of a place called How at the Moon Saloon?
1: It's a dueling piano bar?
0: Um, I don't know if it's that one in particular. I know they're all over the place, and we've been to quite a few. I think the last one that I went to was down in Key West and those guys battle it out. Yeah.
1: Yes, sir. And, and, you know, it, it just seems to be that those happen to be in a lot of towns where there's a lot of big trade shows. So, you know, several, you're out with a, with your company at a big trade show, have a beer and sing some songs, you know, and my marketing guy, he, uh, he I'll never forget. We were at the one in Chicago cause we go to the restaurant show every year. And, uh, He looks over. It's about 1030. You know, we've been there like an hour. We had dinner. We popped over, jumped in, and it starts getting crowded. And he looks at me and he goes, all right, we got no business being here in the next hour because this place, there's going to be a fight. And to your point, man, on the way out the door, the people started going out. You just get that vibe. People get all, like you said, all lit up and start singing. And one person bumps into another person and the man, get out of there.
0: Yeah, I hate uh, fights in general, especially when you go out to try to have a good time and somebody uh, just fucks up your shit. They get drunk and they want to pick a fight with somebody and it just ruins your whole night. All right, so let's move on to the uh, next subject. Are you ready for some football? (laughs) I am super pumped. I am excited. NFL season is right around the corner. I can't wait. Are you as excited as I am?
1: Yeah, man, I am so ready. There's some games that start Thursday night. I, I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan. I, I didn't go to school there. I didn't have enough money. I wasn't smart enough, and nobody from my family's ever gone there, but we've always been Notre Dame fans. And, and, of course, I live in Ohio, and all of my friends seem to be Ohio State fans. And I always say I like Ohio State. I just don't like Ohio State fans. And, of course, the first game this year with a brand-new coach for Notre Dame, Playing Ohio State on Saturday night, so uh, I had a ticket to go down to the game, and and we had already had some camping booked for you know Labor Day weekend camping. And my wife said, "Hey, we can cancel camping. You got a ticket to go see the game." I'm like, "You know what? I do not do well at Notre Dame games, particularly against Ohio State because they've just cleaned our clock for the last four times we played." And uh, so I'm I'm gonna watch it in my camper, and I bought this little Bluetooth device that goes in my TV in the camper so that I can. Whatever's on the TV, I can connect to a little speaker. So if I'm sitting out at the campfire, I can have a little Notre Dame on the speaker and listen to the game, and I won't get in a fight with anybody from Ohio State. No relationships will be broken, man. I'm excited for football.
0: I never went to college, so I didn't really get to experience the whole vibe of being inside a college stadium while people yell and cheered for the team. That must be so exciting. I didn't get into college football until 2018 when I saw a quarterback by the name of Tua playing for Alabama. It was a championship game and they were playing the Georgia Bulldogs and they were losing by a bunch right at halftime. The uh, main quarterback for Alabama was Jalen Hurts and he just wasn't doing anything for the first or second quarter. So they decided to put Tua in and he was a freshman and this guy just tore it up man. He took over. His last pass to seal the game was a 41-yard pass to Devonta Smith. And, man, the crowd went crazy, and that was just such an awesome game. Devonta Smith is playing, actually, for the Eagles right now. And Tua went on to play for Miami, and he's had some injuries, and I hope that he does well this year. Do you like college or NFL more?
1: Yeah, I'm a college junkie, and I get to a place in the season where – I literally organized the honeydew list on Saturday based on the 1230 game, the 330 game and the eight o'clock game. You know, it's like, okay, well, 330, there's no games I'm interested in. So I'll watch the 1230. I'll get the honeydew list. I'll make the grocery store run, whatever I got to do. And then I'll be back for the eight, you know? Um, And, and I, I used, I'm a Bengals fan being Cincinnati guy. I'm a Bengals fan. I'm a Reds fan. And, and really I, when, when they all started taking a knee, a couple years back and all that madness started going on. I just, I just checked out of NFL football. Um, really didn't, I, I barely watched a game for a couple of years. And then I, I, you know, I'm embarrassed to say, cause I'm the first guy to complain about the fair weather fan. But, uh, last year the Bengals got me back on the wagon. So with Trevor being an Ohio university grad and that's in Athens, Ohio, that's where Joe Burrow, the quarterback for, uh, You know, he was the LSU quarterback that took him to the national championship. Even better for me, he was at Ohio state and he left Ohio state because he wasn't getting any playing time, went to LSU and took LSU to the national championship and he's Athens born. And now he's the coach or the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. So I, I gotta admit, I got caught up in the hype last year and I have so many friends that are big Bengals fans on Facebook and it, it became fun to follow it. So so I got a little Bengal fever right now. I'm actually excited. My brother went out and bought tickets for the first time for this year. And he's invited me to a couple games. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to following the Bengals a little bit. So, you know, I'm back in, as they say.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I stopped watching football as well when they started kneeling during the national anthem. I didn't agree with it. And I'm glad that football's back and I'm going to give it another try. I think the coaches and the owners are tapering down on that. They're making a stand, and hopefully that uh, works out for them. I don't have an actual team in the NFL that I follow anymore. Uh, I like to just watch football. My team used to be the Seahawks, and I don't follow them anymore. Uh, Gina Bean from Cleveland, we started following the Browns, and they're a hot mess. They keep making one big mistake after the other. This time around, they got the quarterback, Uh, Deshaun Watson and he's just riddled with allegations of misconduct so I don't know how that's going to turn out I I know he's got a a nine game suspension so we'll see they traded uh, Mayfield over to the Panthers and I actually want to see the Panthers kick their ass
1: yeah that's that's crazy man well you know too I another reason I love college you know I you know, I'm a band geek. I was in a marching band in college at, at Bowling Green State University. And, uh, and uh, you know, we, we love us uh, some college marching band, man. We we like to say that we go to a to a band concert and, and a football game, game breaks out in the middle of it, you know. So we love us uh, some – down at Ohio University, their band is called the Marching 110 and – and I, you probably don't know this because you're not the band geek that I am. But, but Ohio State, their, their thing, their moniker for their, their band is called Tobiddle, The best that stands for the best damn band in the land. That's like their thing, right? And uh, Ohio University, because there, there's a little bit of animosity there. The Marching 110 likes to say they're the most exciting band in the land. And, man, they are exciting. They fire it up. They get the crowd into it they get the freaking dancing going out on the field and the, the trumpets are screaming and the drum line is just killing it i mean it's uh it is fun man so the whole the whole vibe the fall the cooler weather the college football the marching band a big pot of chili cooking all day long i i look forward to this time of year every time uh, each year
0: Yeah, when uh, me and Gina lived up in Buffalo, we caught a couple of games up there. So we started following Buffalo uh, for a while. But this guy, Matt Ariza, is the punter uh, for the Buffalo Bills. He's a rookie. They gave him a four-year deal worth $3.9 million. He has been released by the team because he is facing charges of rape. Have you been following it? I've not heard about this. What's the scoop? So back in college, he went to a house party and he met this uh, girl. And uh, they had sex on the side of the house. He's not denying that didn't happen. He says that is true. But the girl was 17 years old, which makes her a minor. He says that she told him she was 18. Her friends were telling everybody else she was 18. So how was he to know, right? But the story goes on to say that he brought her inside the house, took her upstairs, and uh, they both went into a room and he had sex with her again after he left there were other players that came in and also had sex with her a lot of people there said that she was intoxicated so who knows if the story is true or not but she has filed charges against him and also the other people involved so people are questioning if it's a money grab because of uh his large contract because it seems like what they're saying is they're going more after him than they are the other guys So when you get a situation like this and the woman gives her story about being raped more or less mentally, I don't know about you, but I always want to side with the woman that got raped because that is pretty harsh and you want to be sympathetic about it. But I also know that uh, women are prone to lie as well and everybody is innocent until proven guilty and I think Matt will have his day in court and we'll have to see what happens. But I really feel bad for him because he just got that contract and he just started in the NFL. It's a shame. These kids have everything going for them when they're in college and they just make some bad decisions. Guys, if you would like to leave us a message or a comment or if you have something that you would like for us to discuss on a future podcast, you can email us at cocktails and bs at gmail.com. That's cocktailsandbs.com at gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter at cocktails and bs
1: yeah so you know i belong to a couple different facebook groups um you know i'm in the the ohio state camping facebook group and the forest river vibe camping group and i tow with an nissan armada i'm in that group and get a lot of great information uh from you know yeah, I was, you know, had a situation where I lost power at the pole, blew the breaker. It was the first time that ever happened, posted it right up. The guy's like, Hey, check your pole, flip the breaker, your conditioning come back on. I, it's simple stuff. But like when it's the first time and you're out camping, you're like, okay, why is that not working? I mean, it's such a great resource, but, but I gotta tell you, man, it cracks me up how people get wrapped around the axle on some of these Facebook groups. I mean, we, when we camp, man, if there's a dog that comes into our campsite area or some people or some kids, we absolutely love it. We're we're camping at Mary Jane Thurston, which is right down by the Maumee River here. And This, this kid came through our campsite, and, and he must have been – he was probably eight or nine years old. And I'm telling you, this kid's going to be president one day. He just started – he was the most adult eight-year-old. Hey, mister, how are you doing, mister? Anyway, That's a fine camper you've got there, sir. You know, like he started chatting us up and we were cracking up having a conversation with this kid. And, of course, his parents saw him and yelled at him and made him get out. But I have seen people on these Facebook groups just just wear people out their site or coming, you know, bringing their pet through their site. Now, obviously, if, if, if your dog does its business in your campsite, clean it up. Um, you know it's an unwritten rule amongst campers you don't touch anybody else's gear people are usually pretty great with that if somebody's doing something weird or odd i'm all for that but i don't know man i think some of these people get on these facebook groups just just to get wrapped around the axle i, I don't know man i get i get a lot of great ideas from them it's a great way to pass the time and and i certainly don't get wrapped around the axle with view. how about you man
0: yeah I agree with you. There's not that many things that I do get pissed off, but there is a couple. you know when you go to a campground camp campers are the uh, the, the best type of people that you would ever want to meet. They always say good morning, they always say hello when you're leaving. They always wish you safe travels. But you know the, there's a couple of things that really annoy me and one that you mentioned is when uh, somebody has a dog and the dog takes a shit. And the owner doesn't pick up that shit. Man, that bothers the hell out of me. You've got the uh, trash can there. you got the bag there. I mean, the campground supplies it, but yet you have these people that just don't do anything about it. It's really uh, irresponsible and just pure laziness. Another thing that bothers me is that when you rent a site, whether it's for a day, a week or a month, you are renting that site. That is your site. And generally, you'll have that one person that wants to cut across that site to get to the restroom. And sometimes it's early in the morning, late at night, or what have you. And I just find that totally annoying. That is a no-no in the camping world.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And, and you know, there's there's nothing cheap about camping. I mean, I, I've been a tent camper for a big portion of my life. I, I tent camp longer than I've I RV camped. And I mean, even our tent camp up. I mean, your gear is expensive, no matter what kind of gear you have, and people people appreciate that and are respectful of that, and and everybody, you know, they they know you're there for for the outdoors and for the peace and quiet. Like you know, I, like I said, I got old man down. I have this is super embarrassing, but I'm gonna tell the story. I've got this this app that that you play it and it listens to the birds that are singing and it identifies the birds for you. And I know that's super embarrassing, but man, I love having my morning coffee. And, and my wife will come out an hour later and she'll be like, all right, what kind of birds we got here today? I'm like, well, there's a cardinal and there's a robin. And you know, like, like, I have identified the birds in the area, man. I love it. They're, and and like you said, campers are so like you get the morning vibe where people won't shout as they're walking by. they give you the polite wave because it's the morning and everybody kind of keeps it a little quieter. Or, or you know you'll you'll walk down to the end of your your site and you know if you have a talk with them or whatever and then and then as the afternoon and evening goes on people hey how are you Hey, good how are you you know what you do today I mean it it is such a great community of people you've never met and by the time the three days is over or the week is over or in your case the month or, or two is over I mean you meet some really great people it's really great man we love it
0: yeah, and this young lady that we uh, met is definitely one of them. The last campground that we were at, this little girl was uh, going site to site, knocking on doors. And she must have saw my bicycle outside, so she came knocking. And I opened the door, and she started giving me this sales pitch. She says she's going around washing bicycles for $5 and if we wanted to uh, have our bicycle washed. And she says since you have a dog, you get a discount of $2, so you only pay $3 to get your bike bike washed. I thought that was adorable. It it sucks we didn't have money at the time to give her. I always like to reward people like that, especially that young that uh, do something like that. It takes a lot of guts, and I definitely admire that. So uh, this might be interesting. Some people might be wondering what is our living expenses as far as um, rent is concerned when we're staying at these campgrounds. We normally pay monthly. I know you guys either do daily or weekly. What do you guys end up paying?
1: Yeah. And we're, we're full hookup people. I, I, again, being embarrassed here, we, we, we love having our, our water plumbed in, having our toilet ready to go. Uh, so we, we typically try to do full hookup whenever we can and a state park full hookup's going to run you anywhere between 35 to $65 a day on weekends. And then a private campground full hookup's going to run you anywhere, you know, 55 to 85, depending on you know, where it's at and what you got going on. I think we're uh we're one ninety-five for Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, a Labor Day weekend. So, you know, that's a private campground that's a little small, uh, full hookup. So what, what whatever the math is on that, 55 dollars, something like that. Uh I guess more than that, seventy dollars. Um, but but for us, man, I mean, because we do it every six ish weeks or so, we kinda we kind of do whatever we do and we pay whatever we pay because that's kind of our thing, you know. But but how is it for you with the monthly? Because I got to think you catch a little break on that.
0: Yeah, so the daily rates are definitely a lot more expensive than the monthly rates. Uh, normally, we pay anywhere between 500 to $850 a month, 850 being the highest. If you go to a campground and you're paying that kind of money to stay there, it better be damn good. And that one was, so we really definitely enjoyed it. Some campgrounds don't charge you for electricity. Some do. Usually the ones that are about 500 bucks, uh, you have to pay for electricity. And we've been running our a- AC just about 24 hours a day during the summer, and it's been costing us about $150 a month. So still, if you're looking at $650 for the month to stay at a campground, it's definitely very inexpensive. I always say this is the one way that you can actually control your rent. The next place that we're going to, which is in uh, Texas, Get this, dude. We're paying $410 for the month, and that includes everything. So I don't really know what the experience would be like. I'll have to keep you guys posted. But normally, we do our research a month in advance as well as reservations to make sure that we're going to like the place that we're staying at. We're trying to get out west. We bought some land out in San Luis, Colorado. We got five acres. We bought it for $5,000, which is unheard of. Uh, It's in the middle of nowhere. It's definitely off-grid. We love that shit. So we're trying to get in that area so we can do some grading and also put a septic tank in there. So I can't wait for that. We'll be able to stay there a couple of weeks out of the year uh, as we travel across the U.S. Yeah, they also have a lot of land out there that is uh, BLM land. And uh, it's not to be mistaken by Black Lives Matter. (laughs) But it's Bureau of Land Management. It's public land that you can stay up to 14 days for free. And that definitely uh, saves you a lot of money. You don't have to pay any rent.
1: Yeah. My son, when he was out in Salt Lake city, I mean, they were always staying on BLM land because it's just all over down there. And, and it's beautiful. I mean, you can't beat it. And he was all set up for boondocking and, you know, he had a, 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 a solar system that enabled him to work remotely, him and a significant other to work remotely. And they could, you know, as long as they had good son, they could stay ahead of their power needs. And, uh, and and he absolutely loved it. So I can't wait till we, uh, we get, we have some of these calls and you're out there. And I want to hear about all those places, man. Hey, I got to yeah. tell you, so this last Facebook group that I'm in, I bought this Nissan Armada and I, I researched it. It's a 2017 Nissan Armada. I needed a better tow vehicle. I was towing with a Nissan Pathfinder, not really designed for towing. It doesn't have the right transmission. It's got that CVT transmission. And uh, I was just afraid I was going to blow that thing up. And, and, uh, and Armada was, you know, frankly, had the best towing capacity for something that I could afford because I just hate having a big ass car payment. And uh, and, it, and it gets great ratings. Right. So, I, you know, the engine lasts forever and blah, 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 blah. So I buy this thing. I join the group and I swear I'm like three weeks into owning this thing. And this Facebook group is talking about a couple of very severe issues that can happen with these these Armada's. And, and the most major one is what they call the seventh cylinder. It gets scoring on it and it ends up destroying the cylinder. You lose compression engine blows up and there's no recall on it. There's a, there's a safety bulletin. And the, and the story is that, that, you know, up to 80,000 miles, Nissan is replacing engines for people, but, but it, you really don't know if you're going to get it or not. Right. There's a, there's, there are some telltale signs of it, right? There's some certain noises and blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm wrapped around the axle, like just drinking my coffee in the morning. So now like that, this, this Facebook group every day is just raining down on my new car purchase that this car is going to blow up. I'm like, I'm listening. Michelle's like, why can't we put the radio on? Like, I got to listen. I got to leave. Like I'm driving every day. I'm driving to hear this noise. that's going to happen. It's going to cause this thing to blow up. Right. And I drive it for like three months and I research it and this thing's beautiful to drive. Like there's not a single issue with it. Right. So finally, I post up on this Facebook group. I'm like, look, guys, I love the group. I get a lot of great ideas for you. But I got to tell you, coming on to this group is a little bit like, you know, when you got a funny rash and you go to Dr. Google and you're going to die 20 minutes later. Like, I, I read this group and I feel like I'm going to die with this truck, right? And, and a couple of they posted up, They're like, man, we totally get it. It's a very small percentage of vehicles. But But like anything else, when you read reviews and stuff, you know, the people that are having a great experience don't say, oh, and I'm having a great experience. It's the people that are having a lousy experience just rain down upon you. So, so I kind of had to wean myself off of the Armada group a little bit until I was comfortable that I, I wasn't going to have any issues with this truck because every day was put me in a funk, man, you know?
0: Absolutely. You don't want to be the dude getting stuck with the uh, lemon, which makes me think uh, I might be in that situation right now. I bought a Google Pixel 6 Plus and I bought it because it shoots good video, uh, high quality. And it's an expensive phone. But every time I'm shooting video, it gets overheated and it just cuts out on me. And it's just a fucking pain in the ass. So I'm going to take it back to the uh, Verizon dealership and see if they will they can either fix it or they can replace it. I'm hoping that it's just the phone itself and it's just not the product of the Google Pixel 6 Plus. If that's the case, that would really suck because I don't see a fix online for this
1: totally you know we we bought our camper in july of 2020 so it was actually manufactured at the end of 2019 and um you know that that was before you know everyone started buying them up in that kind of pandemic time frame and and you know i, I from what i've heard and read you know as they started banging these things out to keep up with demand they just kind of started going too fast and doing doing a shitty job and i've seen so many campers then people are like yeah we got our camper and you know there's a hole in it right here or whatever you know it's like i mean knock wood ours is three years in and man we've never had an issue and and like i always say it pays to be luckier than good but you you know you see some of these people and and now they're ten thousand dollars more you know, ours was a twenty thousand dollar camper that if you bought it today it's thirty thousand because everything went up and uh and that's a that's a cheap trailer you know i mean people are spending 40 50 60 into the hundreds of thousands and uh you know like something's not working right or they got a leak or whatever i mean man it just just ruins your day i hate to have that happen for anybody and i'm, I'm certainly glad at least knock wood in this case it didn't happen to us
0: i feel like uh we are the lucky ones uh so far that uh we've had some really really good luck right but you know i have to say that uh there are certain days like, I cannot complain about anything. My life is fucking good. You know, like, I'm not trying to, to to boast about it or anything like that. But I just feel like my life is really, really good. And I'm a happy dude. And there's just days you're not going to wake up the same way every single day. But there's just days that you wake up and your, your mind is clear. You're not feeling any aches and pains. You know, physically, you're good. And those are the days, man, that I just like look at and I was like, man, I wish I can just feel like this every single day. It's never the case. You know, you're always going to have a bad day here and there, but normally you get over that. But I love those days. I just love those days where I wake up and I'm happy. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. I, you know, I am that,
1: that, that over aggressive, super wound up like a top wrapped around the axle sales guy it's i mean i i've been this guy my entire life and i am i am conscientiously trying so hard to not be that guy which which is why i love doing this podcast with you because you balance me that way and i i love preparing for the podcast it puts me in a, I'll, I'll say it this way when when i get we have our camper we're not allowed to keep it here in our neighborhood because of the homeowner association which is quite common with with folks and so we have it in storage and so like Thursday, I'll go get the camper and I'll throw it on the driveway. I'll load it up Thursday night. We'll load a little bit Friday morning and then we'll pull out and camp for the weekend. When I get that camper on the driveway, Lou, my wife will tell you I'm a different guy. Like, like, just I, like I am so happy because I can fiddle fart around with it and I can fix a few things that I wanted to tweak on it and I can. I can organize my shit and my gear, put beer in the fridge. You know what I mean? Like, like I literally just wallow around it for the next couple of days. Once it's on the driveway, fiddle farting around. And I'm just happy. Like, like it's the best thing we spent because it, I, it brings so much enjoyment to me. And, And I I know you're talking a little bit more bigger picture than, than a a thing, than an item, you know, I don't mean to make it be about the camper for me, but, but that state of mind that I'm in because of that is what I'm trying to replicate in the rest of my life and just, just slow my roll a little bit. You know, I, I am, it's legendary in my house at, at how early I arrive to events, how early I get to the airport, you know, how how I have to be the first one on the plane. Like I am that guy. And literally Trevor and I are sitting at Ryan Geist having some beers and I say to him, Hey, so, so we should get to the stadium. And The, the, the game starts at seven 30. That's six o'clock. He's like, it's six o'clock dad. And I'm like, well, yeah. He's like, it's 10 minutes away. He's like, I'm ordering another beer. <laughs> right. So, so he politely at six 30 allows me to leave and go to the stadium we're sitting in the stands, and, and I know there's not 200 people in the stands yet. You know, he's like, "Okay, we're here. Are you happy?" You know, like, so I, I applaud that you know how to slow your roll and take it all in. And I learn from you every day, and man, I'm trying to get better at it. But I I give the world permission to say, "Dude, slow your roll and take it in a little bit." If you come up to me, grocery store, and you see that I'm wrapped around the actual because the line's too long, or the lady's not writing her check fast enough in front of me, just tell me to slow my roll. I get it.
0: No, dude, you keep doing what you're doing. Be yourself. I love listening to your stories. And yeah, I feel a sense of accomplishment when I uh, do things outside and inside of the RV. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we get back, we'll get into the uh, cocktail part of the podcast. All right, Scott, so I'm going to say you're going to take the reins on the uh, cocktail part of the show because you definitely know a lot more than I do about cocktails. So what are you drinking today?
1: Man, I, I, I know that, you know, so for me, the term cocktail is ubiquitous. You know, a lot of folks, I mean, cocktail technically is, you know, a liquor drink in a glass, what have you, cocktail. But a cocktail to me is, you know, a- anything I'm having socially, a beer can be a cocktail, a cocktail can be a cocktail, a wine can be a cocktail. If, I, if I'm having it at a certain time, socially, what have you, what have you, it's a cocktail to me. That's just how I use the term. And today, my cocktail choice is, in fact, a glass of wine. I, uh, I got into a bottle of Rioja, and I uh, just thought I'd share share this one with the crowd. it, it is a, uh, it, it is a Jekyll Rioja. And, uh, you know, I didn't share this with you, but I actually started my career right out of college. I worked for E&J Gallo Winery, and, and there's a lot of people out there that, that poo-poo Gallo wines, and Gallo makes terrible jug wine and what have you. And, and you know, I, I've been lucky enough to work for the, the best brands on the planet, and I'm pretty, pretty much a, a, a passionate brand disciple of all the brands I've worked for. And Gallo makes a lot of amazing wines. And, and I found in my Gallo times and then on the rest of my life that people can be really intimidated by, by wines. And, and there's no reason to be. I mean, uh, I always say a great wine is one that you love. And, and Rioja is a red wine, it's a medium body red wine. Uh, it, it's a style, it's a type of wine. So there's lots of different Riojas. Uh, you know, it's a Spanish wine, obviously. And, and there's, you know, we, my brother and I always like to say there's no bad Rioja. So if you're, you're ever put on a spot and you got to pick a bottle of wine and a work function off a wine list, or you're in the store and you're like, ah, I'd like some wine tonight. Don't know which one to get, find any Rioja. It's going to be very affordable. I, I'd be shocked if you paid more than $20 for, for a bottle. You, you can buy $10 bottles of Rioja, $15 a bottle of Rioja all day long out there. And they're always delicious. So today, I'm just going to keep it simple and uh, and just have a little gra- glass of red wine, a little Rioja, and uh, say cheers to the group. And uh, that's your cocktail for the week. What are you having, my friend?
0: Well, shit, I might have you beat this week. <laughs> you know, I definitely love wine. Uh, I don't drink a whole lot of it, but Gina likes to have her wine when she's having dinner, and she always gives me some. I like that sweet wine. I don't know what it's called. You know what that is?
1: Yeah, so that's a, a Moscato is a very common, very popular, sweeter red wine right now. Is that it by chance?
0: Yeah, that's it. I love that uh, sweet wine. Gina has red wine, too, and uh, she gives me that as well. And I, I like that, too. At this point in my life, I'd just like to try everything that's out there. But I was at Walmart, and I was walking down the aisle, and I came across this Crown Royal Washington Apple. And it's an ale. It's got 7% alcohol. It's got the uh, the whiskey inside it. It's got apple and it's got cranberry uh, juice as well and it just sounded delicious. So I've got it all set up. I've got it uh, in a low-ball glass, I've got ice in there and I'm just going to go ahead and pour this in and uh, see what this tastes like. Oh yeah man, this is really good. You know I got this one here because it's got cranberry in it and I love cranberry. But it's the Crown Royal Washington Apple. If you see it on the shelf, grab yourself some. You get uh, four 12-ounce cans for like uh, 12 bucks. But I've got to say that I would uh, think you would get something like this at a bar. I mean, it's that type of a drink. I'm digging it.
1: Crown is super popular right now. They did like a whole promotion. I don't know that I know exactly. I'm probably going to get this wrong. But had something to do with a crown peach or something. And it was hard to find for a while. I mean, people... People that like their crown are very passionate
0: about it. It's it's been around forever. Yeah, that's the other one they had. It uh, had peach in it, and that looked uh, that looked pretty good too. You know, it's
1: funny you you say you like the sweeter things. I mean, th- that is that is very common. You know, people people our natural tendency is to go from sweet to savory. Um, you know, pe- people start drinking coffee with creamer and sugar and all this stuff and. And then you know a, a, a lot of folks that progress to just black coffee. You know, you get to a place where you just don't want the sweet. You want you want the strong black coffee anymore. Um, same way with wine. I mean, pe- people started with their their white Zinfandel back in the day. Their blush wines, their sweeter wines. The 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 uh, Moscatos are super popular right now. The the sweet champagnes, the sparkling wines are super super popular. And then and then your taste goes to the drier side as you drink more and more and more. And, like I said, I mean, I you know, a, a great bottle of wine is one that you love and nobody should ever talk you out of a wine that you love. You should never feel embarrassed for a wine that you love. Um, and, and wine goes with food really well. I always tell people, you know, people have a steak, they go great together and they do. They're amazing. But, you know, there's some there's some great like, you know, very gingery. Grassy, you know your Gewurztraminers and your Rieslings. I mean, go order some Chinese food and go buy an eight dollar bottle of Gewurztraminer white wine from the grocery store, and and chill that wine down and see how great that stacks up against your Chinese food because it's it's just designed for that flavor profile. So so even if you've never enjoyed wine, you know, like like you said, you enjoy Gina's, You know, she gets you trying some wines and
0: whatnot. Man, I love that you brought a cocktail to the table today. Showing me up. I got to get back (laughs) on my A game for next week. Well, that was nice and simple, man. I just bought it and uh, just poured it in. And I tell you, it tastes really, really good. Hey, so let's uh, get into this other subject. You know, we write a lot of things down. and There's so much to talk about. And some of it is just becoming old at this point. But I want to talk about Anne Hesch. She died recently. She drove her car into a house and it caught on fire and she did not make it they say that she was under the influence of alcohol and maybe drugs what's your, what's your thought on that story
1: yeah man yeah, i saw that in the notes I, i'm not you know i've kind of cut down on my tv so i'm not as ramped up on that as i should be but but as i understand it i guess there's some kind of sketchy stuff around it a little bit like might have been a suicide kind of thing and is that what that's about
0: yeah, so apparently somebody clocked her going about 70 miles per hour in a residential uh, neighborhood. At the end of the street, there's a stop sign. She did not stop, she just kept going and ran right into a house which caught on fire. The person that owns the house is Lynn Michelle's, and um, she was in the backyard, so nothing happened to her. Ann Hesch, on the other hand, had head injuries and also she inhaled a lot of smoke. So she was in bad shape. Uh, She woke up for a moment while she was on the stretcher and they were trying to put her in the ambulance, which was the weirdest thing. It reminds me of the movie Pulp Fiction when uh, Uma Thurman overdosed and they had to uh, stick an EpiPen right into her heart. And it just revived her and brought her back to life. That was the case here. And it was just kind of weird. But she went into a coma and... uh, they finally took off of life support after three days. They kept her on there just so they can uh, keep her alive, so they can donate her organs. In this case here, a lot of people came around and they donated money uh, to Lynn Michelle so she can buy another house or rebuild that one. Um, but I, I'm glad that, that nothing happened to her because, you know, in a lot of cases, when people are driving under the influence and they hit somebody, it's always the other person that ends up dying and not them. So I feel bad for what ha- happened to Ann Hesh, and it seems like she had other issues going on. But in this case, I'm glad that it wasn't the other person that got hurt.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know we we've talked about it in some ep- other episodes. I mean, you, you know, I'm I'm trying to watch my weight, and certainly not to to compare. You know, I I. I, I I am a stress eater, you know, and, and not to compare, you know, that I'm fat to somebody driving into somebody's house and killing themselves and not the same thing, but we all have our demons, you know, we all have our demons and, and people wrestle with them and man, I don't know. It sounds like she had some and, and it, it got the best of her on that day. You, you hate to hear that. And, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm glad that the homeowner was, you know, not sitting in the front room when that went down.
0: Yeah. We, uh, Gina and I, uh, the other day we woke up on a Saturday and we just kind of woke up and we were just uh, laying in bed and we uh, started watching uh, Grease because that brings us to Olivia Newton-John who passed away. And she was 73 years old. And um, just going back and seeing Grease just brought back a lot of memories. I mean, I really loved her. Um, she was a great person. I know she has done a lot for, for uh, other people. And, um, you know, just watching Grease just brought back a lot of memories. I remember when that uh, movie first came out, I went to watch it. I went to watch it really because of John Travolta. I uh, really loved John Travolta in uh, Saturday Night Fever. I think I watched that movie like eight times. And I, I think I was only nine or 10 years old. That was my first R-rated movie that I went to. You know, I just loved the movie. So when Grease came out, definitely wanted to see that. But yeah, that was an, another one. Uh, a great loss, uh, Living Newton-John passing away. Who's the guy? Because you know, I always like taking you down memory lane because I'm gonna I'm gonna make
1: you an old guy yet. It might take podcast number 52, but I'm gonna get you to old guy status. The uh <laughs> the guy that's in Greece, uh that plays John Travolta's kind of you know, best friend who was in taxi. That guy had had a lot of crazy shit going on in his life. Jeff Wheeler, but that might have been his taxi name.
0: I don't know if, you know what I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about and I just can't uh think of his name but he had a lot of drug issues.
1: Yeah. You were you were talking about uh Travolta last week a little bit, you know, and and kind of I and I don't know if he is or isn't but but he is a strange guy and and tragically his his wife uh what's her name Kelly
0: Kelly Kelly something she died early if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Kelly Preston. Yeah. That's that's just a shame when somebody like that young dies like that yeah and did you ever see a totally spider
1: web in here but we're talking about Josh Volta. it was one of the award shows when indina mazel uh was was being acknowledged and he introduced her to sing was it it was the song she does from frozen and he butchered her name did you ever do you remember
0: that i remember that yeah that was a big deal yeah, he just destroyed her name. And it was like, you're like, dude, you're an actor.
1: Like, you, like, how can you not read the cue card? You know, <laughs> like, like that's what you do. How could you, like, what did he smoke that he got that name so wrong?
0: You know, classic. Yeah, well, I mean, you see Biden do it all the time, right? What do you think about the, uh, the whole uh, Mar-a-Lago raid? Yeah,
1: man, I think that's shenanigans. I think that's... You know they don't like Trump. They don't want Trump to run in 2024. Um, You know Trump could have taken anything down there he wanted to take down there because he had the ability to declare it as such. And you know you you got some bureaucrat that's that's running the the archive and and you know that that became their leverage point so that they could you know no different than than coming up with a crime and and you know I've, I'm not going to get the phrase right but. But, you know, all the stuff that they did while he was in office where they just kept hunting and hunting and hunting for shit. That's exactly. Here we go again. They just let's go grab a bunch of shit and we'll hunt and hunt and hunt until we can get them on something.
0: I think the DOJ and the FBI and the Biden administration are all in on this one as well. I think they just want to get rid of Trump. They want to silence him. They don't want him to run in 2024. So. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But I think Trump is going to come out on the other side on this one, and uh, the DOJ and the FBI just don't have a, a good track record at this point.
1: Yeah, I think he's gonna. And and you know, as I always say, this side, that side, they're all a bunch of criminals in every direction, spending my money like I don't want them to. But uh, I mean, look, man, do we, do we really want to drill through? That's a whole podcast we could talk about Bill Clinton and all the crazy shenanigans that that guy did that that are that are verifiable, detailed, documented, you know, I mean, come on, really? I mean, yeah. they don't like Trump. He's an outsider, and he, he exposed them all. And until until he retires, in my best air quotes, um, I mean, look, look at that guy. That guy was president for four years and came out looking younger and sharper with more energy than when he went in. None of them do that because they, they all go in, and it's nothing but shenanigans. We, when, when, when you lie and you're dealing with shenanigans and it's all craziness that exhausts you, he just went in and worked for four years and tried to, to grow shit. You know, I always say it, it's easier to play defense than it is to play offense. It's harder to make shit happen, uh, that, that it is to break shit up. And, and he went in there and worked his butt off to make shit happen. Cause that's what he's done his whole life. And he made a bunch of great shit happen and went on about his way they go in there and it's obfuscation and hiding and doctrine and moving and shenanigans. And I mean, you can't keep that shit straight. It's exhausting. And you look, you sound like Joe Biden does right now. He doesn't know what planet he's on.
0: So if you look at Joe Biden, when he was running for president, he uh, ran on a lot of different issues that he wanted to resolve. And if you voted for Joe Biden, you think that those things would have gotten uh, taken care of. But if you fast forward to the uh, present time where we are now, you can see, that Joe Biden has really done nothing for this country. I think that he's got one thing right, though. I think that we definitely need to be part of the European Union. I just don't believe that we should be flipping the bill for everything. And I think that's what Trump had a problem with and wanted to get out of. But if you think of uh, when Trump was president for four years, we had four good years. I mean, things were going good. He had some solid uh, policies uh, during those four years, we were not at war. We had good gas prices. We did not have inflation. You know, unfortunately, the uh, pandemic uh, hit us and it just crippled us. And I don't think anybody could have really gotten out of that. Down the road, we're going to look at history. And we're going to see everything that we've done wrong and uh, the things that we need to do. Florida handled that situation the way it should have been. And that's probably one of the states that we need to follow in the future if something like this happens again.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. It's a shit show. I mean, I... And look, I, as my wife says, I vote for whoever you know enables me to to grow my savings and live the life I want to live. And uh, you know, we were all thriving when when Trump was grooving. And and now, I mean, every Friday I look at my my four hundred one k, and it's slowly creeping. Man, it was just like a freaking arrow <laughs> straight up <laughs> in four years with Trump. So. I want to get back to that. I want to retire someday and be full-time in my camper.
0: Yeah, I hear you, brother. So, uh Jared Kushner, who was the uh, senior advisor to uh, Donald Trump during his presidency, is making the rounds he 's got a book out called uh, Breaking History," which supposedly is a really good book he 's married to uh, donald trump 's daughter uh, Ivanka Trump. I never really knew much about him every time I would see him on television uh, he wasn 't always talking or anything like that he 'd just be in the background, but he looked like such a, a little kid uh, compared to everybody that you see in Congress now they 're a lot older. And um, I saw him the other day on television and I got to say, man, that guy is really smart. He's really uh, he's intelligent and he's very well put together. I like him.
1: Yeah, no, I saw that same interview or or similar interviews. I think he's got a book out. So he's been showing up in a lot of places. And uh, no, very sharp guy. Very. And I, I liked his style, like very calm, cool and collected. You just you could tell that guy. He's you know be interesting to see what he does in, in some day. And, and I saw you'd reference, you know, Mike Tyson, and he was in the news just like in the last couple of days and basically saying people you, you know, we, we need law and order. We, we need, we need, you know, this is crazy. You know, like we, we need, I mean, as you said, he, you know, he's no dummy. I mean, when he, when he makes a point, he makes a very clear, articulate point. And, uh, and how timely was that? We were talking about him and, uh, and he just showed up in news saying, people got to calm down you know
0: setting these cities on fire or whatnot it's just crazy yeah see we can almost see the future and see what's going on um because we are cocktails and bullshit we are future readers blue rivera yeah we got something going on here yeah one more thing about uh, jared kushner i just uh see him like very well put he's very composed he carries himself well and he just seems like he's very educated
1: yeah, no, I, I noticed that, too. He carries himself very well. I, I don't remember what I was watching, but they were cutting up a little bit. And You know, he, he let it happen, and he kept them right on point, you know? Just moved the conversation right where he wanted to go to. He's a sharp guy. There's no
0: doubt about it, man. Did you see um, what Joe Rogan had said when he was talking to uh, Aaron Rodgers? I, I heard that he had said something, but I did not, I did not get the content. What was he talking about? Um, they were talking about the things that was going, things that were going on in this country, as well as the, uh, you know, because Aaron Rodgers was opposed to getting the the vac- the vaccine. So they were talking about that and uh, how bad, you know, Fauci has screwed things up and how wrong they got it. And uh, Ron DeSantis did a really good job in Florida. Um, but, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers had asked him, well, you know, what do you think the, the people are going to, What do they, what is it that you think that we need to do? And didn't hesitate. He just said, vote Republican. Aaron Rodgers laughed, but Joe Rogan was dead serious. And he said, yeah, you know, a million people have already crossed over from being Democrat to Republican. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And I, I hope we, it's not disappointing uh, come November, but I'm looking forward to it and I, I hope that, um, uh, things do happen and, you know, we still got another, what, two years of, uh, Joe Biden being in office, but at least if we can, uh, the Republicans can gain the house, then they have a little bit more leverage. Well, here's what I know for certain
1: Lou Rivera. We will have plenty of bullshit as it goes on to have our cocktails with. So the show will go on. Yeah, Absolutely. So, Scott, do you want to uh, take us out? Man, you know I'm not responsible enough for this podcast to take us out. You, you're sweet Lou Rivera. You're, you're on point for that every time. But I will say thank you for the cocktails and bullshit for another week, my friend.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. And, Scott, thank you, as always, for uh, coming in and joining me. I really do appreciate it. I think we've got something good here. Uh, and we're just going to keep it going. So I will see you next week, bud. Cheers, everybody. Enjoy the cocktails and bullshit. Take care.